Hello, you're listening to Sarah McCoy, and this is session two of the Poetic Books series. This book is Psalms, and it was actually three live Sunday school lessons, but they featured music videos that we can't put on a podcast, so I have compressed them into one podcast lesson. You recall that the book of Psalms is the second of the five poetic books which follow the law and the history in the Old Testament. So those five books are Job and Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. The book of Psalms is right in the middle of the Bible. If you still have a physical copy of Scripture, you can open it right to the center and see that. And we don't have the original music anymore. We just have the words uh, in the original language and then in all the languages into which the Bible has been translated. Perhaps it's a good thing that we have lost the music because now people can put these beautiful, precious words to the music that fits their own culture and day, and it becomes more relevant because it seems contemporary to each generation. The uh, authors include King David, who wrote 73 of those 150, and some Levite musicians from the priestly tribe. Asaph wrote 12 of them. The sons of Korah, as they were called, wrote at least 10 of them. Uh, King David's son Solomon, who succeeded him on the throne, wrote a couple of them. Even Moses wrote one. So they were written over a long period of time from about 1,000 B.C., the time of David, clear to as recently as 400 B.C. Psalms has the longest and shortest chapters in the whole Bible. 119 is the longest and 117 the shortest. It's interesting, the middle verse of the Bible is Psalm 118.8, quote, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. End quote. That is the middle verse of the whole Bible. You could say that this book is probably the most treasured one of all the Old Testament by most believers. And it has traditionally been divided into five subbooks, which are themselves just referred to as books. So Psalm 1 to 41, book 1, has as its theme humans and creation. Now get this, this is really cool. Book 2, which goes from chapters 42 to 72, has as its theme deliverance and redemption. And then book 3, which goes from chapter 73 to 89, has as its theme worship and sanctuary. Then book 4, from Psalms 90 to 106, has as its theme wilderness and God's ways. And then book five has as its theme God's word and praise. That's from Psalms 107 to 150. When you put all of those themes together and look at them in order, they correspond to the themes of the first five books of the Old Testament, the law. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Certainly not a coincidence. So marvelous, the design. And we could say that there are three main categories of psalms. One is praise. 
You can tell those because many of them contain the phrase, sing to the Lord. And this praise can either be because of who God is or because of what he has done. Some would say a descriptive praise psalm and a declarative praise psalm, who he is and what he has done. The second of the three categories of psalms is called a lament. This is when someone is in anguish of spirit and they're pouring out their heart to God. And you can spot those because they often contain the words, O Lord. And then the third of the three categories of psalms after praise and lament is wisdom, where you get some good advice for how to really live for God. Praise, lament, and wisdom. But let's begin then with the praise psalms and the reason why we would go to these today is not only, as we've said before, because of who God is and what he has done, in other words, he's worthy, but because he commands us to do it and because it is good to speak the truth. So a good example of that might be found in Psalm 33. Shout for joy in the Lord, O ye righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with a lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. We come to Psalm 92, and it starts out, It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning, and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. Fast forward to Psalm 107, and in verses 8 and 15 and 31, we read, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. This is echoed in the New Testament in one of Paul's letters, Ephesians 5.19 says, Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and make music to the Lord in your hearts. So we can think of the styles of music to which these words are put as being kind of like a smorgasbord. You go to a buffet in a restaurant and you might not like this dish here, but the next one you like a lot, and so you take a little of this and a lot of that and skip the next thing altogether. So we can look at everything from Gregorian chant to rap and all the things in between, uh, modern worship music and southern gospel and other styles as well, and pick and choose from the styles but preserve the message. One other interesting thing before I get to the heart of this part on praise, there were 15 psalms called the Songs of Ascents, or Degrees, and these are found in Book 5, that's Psalms 120 through 134, and they were sung by worshipers who were traveling to Jerusalem every year for the three main Jewish festivals, and they were also sung by the men from the tribe of Levi, the priestly tribe, as they went up the 15 steps to get into the temple to minister. 
So now I would just like to give you a little taste from each one of those five books or sub-books that I was telling you about that Psalms is traditionally divided up into. Let's look at book one. Psalm 8 says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what is mankind that you're mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You've made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You've made them rulers over the works of your hands. You've put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Isn't that beautiful? Psalm 34, which was turned into a beautiful melody that the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir recorded under the inspiration given to Carol Cymbala, reads, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you, his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And now a little taste from book two, Psalm 48, that we sang to a chorus in my church when I grew up. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. God is in her palaces. He is known as her refuge. Then we get to book three in Psalms, and there's a little taste from Psalm 89. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. Book 4, Psalm 103, another beautiful chorus that was so wonderfully recorded by the Gaithers in one of their videos of Southern gospel music. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, 
who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Book five, the last of the five, Psalm 136. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. This entire psalm has 26 verses, and every single one ends with that same phrase, his mercy endureth forever. And if you go to 1 Chronicles 16, a story in verses 8 through 36, you will see a psalm King David composed for the day that the Ark of the Covenant was brought to Jerusalem to be housed in a tent because there wasn't yet a temple and verse 34 of that chapter says the exact same thing as verse 1 of Psalm 136 that I just read. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. It's interesting to me that years later, when David was dead and Solomon his son was king in his place, and they had built the temple the permanent dwelling place for the Ark of the Covenant, and it was being dedicated, you get to 2 Chronicles 5, 12 to 14. All the Levites who were musicians, that was Asaph and Heman and Jeduthun, and their sons and their relatives, stood on the east side of the altar, dressed in fine linen and playing cymbals, harps, and lyres. It says that they raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, His love endures forever. So the main idea of the praise psalms is that God is worthy and that we should remember and recognize that. But the second of the three categories is the lament psalm. There are many times when we need to cry out to God because we're in anguish and we need comfort. We don't know what to do and we're at our wit's end or we're feeling depressed. And so a good example of this is found in Psalm 13. I'm only going to read the first couple of verses, but notice that three times the two words, how long, appear. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul? And have sorrow in my heart all the day. And here's time number four. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? One Bible scholar thought that this psalm was written when King Saul was pursuing David. And he was in the wilderness of Ziph, which is in the Judean mountains. But we see that it's good and fitting to take your anguish to the Lord perhaps even in the form of a song. So we continue on. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice 
because I am shaken? And then he gets to the end of this psalm, and he starts to comfort himself in the Lord, and his tone changes a little bit, and he says, But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So in the span of just six verses, we've gone from how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever to he has dealt bountifully with me. You see how therapeutic these psalms of anguish or lament can be. Some of them were communal and some of them were individual. Psalm 90 says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past or as a watch in the night. And he goes on, and you get to verse 7, and he says, We are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath, we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. So this is not one person privately calling out to God in anguish. This is a nation's lament when they were aware of their sins, a communal psalm. And then you get to some psalms where praise and lament are combined with each other. And one special case would be the messianic psalm or the psalm that was prophetic and that it looked forward to Christ. This one is especially important for us to take note of. It starts out with the very words that Jesus spoke right before he died as he hung on the cross. And you can see how the whole thing looks forward to that time. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God. I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. So that's a lament, but we're talking here about how you can combine lament and praise. So you get to verse 3, and it goes on, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. Then we go back again to the lament and the prophecy about Messiah. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. So can you see, flashing forward from David writing this psalm to his descendant Jesus hanging on the cross while the people gathered around and derided him from the foot of the cross? Yet you are he who took me from the womb. 
You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you've been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. So the people that had beaten him and mocked him and plucked out his beard and put the crown of thorns on his head, they were like predators, like circling lions. He says, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. You can imagine how they would be as he hung on the cross. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You know, he was dying of blood loss, so he became terribly dehydrated. And so his, stu his tongue stuck to the roof of his mouth. You lay me in the dust of death, he says. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They've pierced my hands and feet. Wow, 800 years before it happened. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. And we read in the Gospels about how the soldiers cast lots for Jesus' seamless robe rather than tear it into four parts. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O oh, you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. You see, we've gone back again from lament to praise. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel, for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. That's why he sent Christ to hang on that cross. And he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Glory, hallelujah. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not find himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. So the main idea here is that psalms 
are not just used to praise the Lord, but to cry out to him in anguish of soul when you don't understand, when you don't think you can take it one more minute. And then finally, the three of the main, the third of the main categories of psalms would be the wisdom psalm. And we can use these wisdom psalms to answer various questions about how to live for God and what it means to serve him. So take Psalm 1 for an example, how to live a godly life. Beautiful, it reads, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Do you see there? The wisdom is that a person who serves God is faithful and consistent and stays true and doesn't fall away, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Another really interesting and difficult question that the wisdom psalms can help to answer is why do the wicked prosper? Sometimes people say, why do good things happen to bad people? And so we read, truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart, Psalm 73. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. We've all been there at times, for they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They're not in trouble, as others are. They're not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily, they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongue struts through the earth. Therefore, his people turn back to them and find no fault in them, and they say, how can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches, all in vain. Have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence? For all the day long I've been stricken and rebuked every morning. Can you see him making fists and yelling into the air, not fair, not fair. I try so hard to do the right thing, and I can't get ahead. And I look at people whose lives don't glorify God at all, and they're terribly arrogant, and everything they tur do turns to gold. If I had said I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. But when I thought to understand this, it seemed to me a worrisome, wearisome task 
until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned their end. So get ready. We're going to get a good answer to this why do the wicked prosper at the end of Psalm 73. We've made it to verse 18. Truly you set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin. They are destroyed in a moment by terrors. Like a dream when one awakes, O Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast toward you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But as for me, it's good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. So you see how he goes from being very upset because of what looks like unfairness in this life to working it through and having this insight that really God makes everything just in eternity and there really is a reward for those who put their faith in him. And by the end of the song, he's praising the Lord. So these wisdom psalms so far have told us how to live a godly life, answered the question, why do the wicked prosper? And another thing that they talk about is the security and wealth of the home. So another really beautiful one that has been set to music many times is Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. So our ultimate security is in the Lord, not in our own efforts. And the real wealth of a household are the people inside, especially in including the children. So the bottom line for this entire section is that we can obtain wisdom from God through the words to these ancient and beautiful songs. And so we have praise psalms, lament psalms when we have to cry out to him in anguish, and wisdom psalms to learn how to live right. I am so grateful for this wonderful songbook. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please pass it along. 